Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy! Well, each year we dedicate a few Sundays um, to re-articulate the vision um, and to celebrate all that God is doing in the season here at Fuel. And so that's why we've gathered all our campuses for one big day of celebration. And while the vision here at Fuel Church hasn't changed much over the past seven years, we use this day to share the life-changing stories and to share how we can continue to make a difference in our communities. As we come into these final months of the year, they're the most exciting months for our church because we see more people come to faith in the last quarter of the year than any other time of the year. We do more outreach into our communities in November and December more than any other time of the year. And so we celebrate, obviously, Christmas, right? Emmanuel, God with us. And it's a beautiful celebration that we have every year around Christmas time. But I believe it's highly important for us as we're turning the corner of the last quarter of this year uh, for us as a church to be reminded of the vision that we have. And also for each of us uh, to be reminded of our individual purpose for being here. And God has a vision for your life. And if you've been around here any amount of time, you've heard us talk about it. And uh, you've seen it posted pretty much everywhere. But throughout scriptures, we find that God has primarily wanted four things from us. Four things. And if you've been here, you've heard us say it. His vision for us is to know him. Someone say, know God. Like, know him personally. Know him intimately. Not just know that he wrote a book, but to know him, to communicate with him through prayer. Like, God wants that for each of us. So then after we know him, he wants us to take the next step of finding freedom. Someone say find freedom because we all have a past, right? And we all have luggage and baggage from our past that we bring into our future. And and God wants to help us with our hurts and our hangups and our habits. and, And we can find freedom from that. So we can then discover that we have a purpose for being on earth. That it's not just to make a paycheck and it's not just to live for the weekends, but we have a divine purpose individually that God has given each of us. Then the final step is this, so you can join us, but more importantly, join God in making a difference in our world, right? Like we can make a difference and we can do something with our life that really matters, And this is God's vision for our life. We see it throughout scriptures, Old and New Testament. He's primarily wanted these four things. And here's another thing, another way that we say this is um, we, we desire and God desires for lost people to get saved, saved people to be pastored, pastored people to be trained and trained people to be mobilized. And this has been our vision from day one. Now, If you do not follow God's vision for your life, you'll fall for the earthly counterfeit. There is an earthly counterfeit pulling at us every single day, right? This culture and this world is pulling at us, and and it says, instead of knowing God, just just know me. Fall in love with yourself. Live in that selfie kind of world, 
Come on now. We feel the pull of that. And instead of finding freedom, just, just find fame. Just find fame, thinking that that will make you happy and that will fulfill you. And instead of discovering your purpose, the culture and the world says, just discover a platform. Seek your own plan. Don't worry about what God says in his word. Seek your plan for your life. And then instead of making a dollar or making a difference, the culture says, just make a dollar, right? Make a dollar that's going to burn one day. We ain't taking it with us, by the way. You know, the only thing you're taking with us is the people you impact for Christ. So some of you are apart. You went fishing on those 10,000, right? And I love it that there's no limit with God when it comes to fishing. Come on, somebody. I was fishing a couple months ago, and they said, there's a limit on this, but there's no limit with God. And some of you went fishing, and you're making a difference. You're making a difference. And so our church has stayed central to this mission. We've stayed central to it. And I want to articulate why we've stayed central. Because this mission has 10 core values connected to it. And our values simply keep us on track to fulfill the mission of know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. You could say it like this. Our values are the guardrails that keep us heading in the right direction. And today I'm going to share three of them with you. I believe there are top three out of the 10 that we have. Our top three. It's what we value and consider a high priority here at Fuel Church. The first one is this. We believe that lost people matter to God, therefore they matter to us. We believe that. Can we say this together? Ready? Go. We believe lost people matter to God, therefore they matter to us. We believe this to be one of our highest priorities as a church, that people who are far from God matter, and we will do anything, I said anything short of sin to reach them. These were the last words of Jesus that he gave to his disciples and to his church to go out into the world and share this good news that you don't, there's a better life to live. And so these were the last words of Jesus. And so we take those last words serious. We see in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, the mission of Jesus. It says, for the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Can we pause for the cause for a moment and thank God that he came after us and he found us when we didn't know which way to turn? Oh, come on, somebody. Don't patty cake. I remember when he found me in the ditch of addiction. I remember how he cleaned me up when I didn't even want to be cleaned up and I kept trying to go back to those old ways and God found me, a lost child of his, and he gave me purpose and he said that I matter. This is what the church is all about. This is what the church, that's why every time we meet, we will give people an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. It's so much on the mind of Jesus that he would talk about it all through scriptures. We see him talking in the gospels about it. He is obsessed. He says things like, I wish that none would perish, but all would come to the knowledge. He says, he says that I am about my father's business, reaching the lost. And then he takes a whole chapter in Luke chapter 15. Read it on your own, but I'm going to talk a minute about it because it's a powerful chapter where Jesus talks about the lost 
coming back. And he uses three stories, three parables. And he's never used in the gospels three parables right in a row. So it's, it's like Jesus was trying to say, hey, church, listen up, because I got something very important to say. I want you to know how serious I am about the mission that I'm on and the mission my church is going to be on. And he talks about these three stories. And he's very adamant because we see in the text that the church leaders, the religious leaders of those days were really getting on Jesus and really upset with him because he was hanging out with notorious sinners and tax collectors, right? He was hanging out with some crazy people. He was having coffee at the Hebrews cafe with them. Come on, work with me a little bit. Work with me a little bit. And they didn't like it. Why, why, Jesus, are you hanging with these people? They're not in the kingdom. And, and Jesus, for the first time in scripture, uses three parables back to back to back to convey his passion for lost people. And he uses three different analogies to show the importance of that which was lost. The first analogy of lost person is this. They are like lost sheep, he talks about. He's like, they wonder. They wonder. They, they don't know how to get back, so sometimes you got to go chase them. They're like lost sheep. They need help getting back home. The second analogy he uses about the lost are, they are like a lost piece of silver in a dark room. They're valuable, Jesus says. They're valuable, and they don't even know it, but it takes light to go find them. And then the third analogy he uses most of us are familiar with is the lost son or the prodigal son. The prodigal son, he'd done a lot of foolish things. He'd done a lot of crazy things in his life and he was running from the very people who loved him the most and who would help him the most. And he ran from those people. The Bible says that this son came to his father and said, dad, I want my inheritance. I want all of it now. The father gave him his inheritance. The text says that he went on to live a wild life and he squandered all the money. He spent it all on crazy partying and living for himself. And he ends up having lunch with the pigs. Oh, he wasn't eating bacon that day, but he was eating something he shouldn't have been eating. And the Bible says that he began to come to himself and he realized, what am I doing here? What if I just went back to my father and said, dad, I'll just be a servant in your house. I don't need to be anything else. I don't need to be a son anymore. I'll just be a servant. And he comes running back home and all he's thinking the whole way home is about his I'm sorry speech. I'm sorry speech to his father. And as he's running down the long driveway, his father sees him and the father begins to tell all the servants, hey, get ready, get ready, kill the fatted calf, get that robe and that ring and those shoes we've been saving for my son to come back because I see my son coming back and we're about to throw a party. We're about to throw a party. My son who was lost is now found. You see, church, the father had been working on his own welcome home speech way longer than the son had been working on his I'm sorry speech. And the father, the Bible says, ran to him with love and compassion. And that is what our assignment is, to run to the lost with love 
and compassion. Because I believe this is the heart of God. I believe this is the heart of God, that he's a God that says, I don't care how far you've gone, just come home. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. Just come back home. Church, you need to know we have always been and we will always be on a search and rescue for God's lost kids. We will always be throwing the life preserver to somebody else. We will always pray and and seek God on ways to reach people that are far from God. It is our mandate. It is our assignment. So we will do things out of the box that others may not do. We'll do things like at the movies and play clips of movies and bring a spiritual truth out of it. And we'll see more people saved in the month of November and December. That's when we're doing it this year. We're going to do a holidays at the movies. We'll see more people come to Christ than any other time. From a movie. Can God redeem a movie? Well, he has for seven years here. For seven years. Some of you are here because you came to at the movies. The confetti is still falling. The party is not stopped. And there's Kona ice in the parking lot. Get me the red and purple mix, baby. But I need you to know as your pastor, as your leader, that we're, we're just getting started with this. 10,000, it's not time to sit back and say, man, let's, we're celebrating today, but tomorrow, come on. We got to think of more ways to go fishing. If you've been here, we've been in a series called Gone Fishing, talking about how God has called us to go fishing for his lost kids. And, 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 and we're not slowing down and we're not backing up because the reality is we may be living in the last days. Evil is more evil than it's ever been. And people are falling away like never before. Therefore, our assignment has to increase. Our passion has to move forward. It's not less of God. It's more of God. It's not less serving. It's more serving. It's not less giving. It's more giving. Because we're reaching your family members and your aunts and your uncles and your friends and your co-workers who aren't here yet. Because every empty chair represents a soul. And so, so... I need you to know that with love and compassion, we'll reach them because I've learned this. I've learned this serving God for these years that very few people get judged into a life change. Most get loved into it. Most get loved into it. And that's what this church is all about. Very few people get judged into a life change. Most get loved into it. Most get loved into it. So 10,000, we celebrate. But how many are ready to fish this week? Come on. The second value I want to talk to you about, church, is this. We will lead the way with irrational generosity. Irrational generosity. We will lead the way. Giving is the central theme of the entire Bible. Uh, Before someone grabs their wallet, no, I'm not taking up an offering. And uh, let me say this, um, we are not a church that always talks about money every Sunday, but we are a church that talks about giving each Sunday, because we can't talk about grace without talking about giving. God so loved the world that he gave. We can't talk about you getting healing in your marriage without talking about giving and sacrifice. We can't talk about you serving in the local church and serving in different areas without talking about giving. This is what Jesus and his kingdom are all about, giving and generosity. Jesus said it 
this way in Acts chapter 20. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And I love that God went first when it comes to generosity. God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. He was generous. He bankrupt heaven for you and I and set a part of him, his son, to die upon that cross so that we could find freedom. Death was arrested. Come on, somebody. Did you enjoy that new song? Woo! I felt revival in that song. God so loved that he gave. Love gives. Come on, say that. Love gives. Love gives. Love love gives. It gives grace and it gives compassion and it gives of your time and it, it gives financially to help build the kingdom. Because once we have experienced his love, we believe it's our calling to live lives of generosity. Lives of generosity, because our generosity simply reflects our generous God. Are you grateful that he gave? So as a church, because of your faithful giving, the people who call this place home, we're able to reach out to our communities and give back throughout the year through our Hope for the City initiatives as we partner with local Uh, food banks and homeless shelters and faith-based rehabs such as Celebrate Recovery and so, so much more. In the months of November and December, we'll do our biggest outreaches of the year. We'll talk more about our impact on our Heart for the House Sunday in December, but there's just so much we're doing in our communities. And then we're also able to help plant life-giving churches like Fuel Church. I just believe every community needs a Fuel Church in it. Yeah, I believe that all across the United States and the world. So with your missions giving, we have played a part in helping plant 1,000 life-giving churches through the Ark Association. Come on now. And so churches are being planted almost every weekend. And you're a part of that. You're a part of that. And then our global impact has increased more than ever this year. In our seventh year of ministry, we felt God saying, it's time, you've done good in Jerusalem and Samaria, but now it's time to target the uttermost parts of the earth. And we have upped our world impact, and uh, we are so excited. I'll be talking a lot about it this Thursday at First Thursday, but I want to let you know we have partnered with some people in Pakistan. Shout out to Pakistan. We love you. Come on, let them know, Fuel Church, we love them. We're praying for you. We're believing for a revival to take place there. And I need you to know just a little bit that every week for the last six weeks at three different locations, we have a body of believers who are now meeting under the name Fuel Church Pakistan with about a thousand people meeting in those three locations. And... They, they have their own praise and worship, and then they play our messages, and they translate it into their native language. And so our campuses have expanded, Fuel Church. Thank you so much for your giving to help impact these people. I can't wait on Thursday to share more videos and pictures and all that with you about that. We'll lead the way with irrational generosity because we believe it's better to give than to receive. Amen? And then 
you know, if you were here in 2019, how many were here in July of 2019? We did something really big that uh, impacted our community. And uh, we stepped out in faith. And with God's help and your generosity, we as a church um, partner with an organization that pays off medical debt pennies to the dollar. So with a donation, we were able to pay off $5 million in medical debt in the counties of Howard County and Miami County. Some of you in here got a letter from us saying your, debt is, your medical debt is paid off. Well, I need you to know, Fuel Church, we did it again. We did it again. You've got to be one of the most generous, generous churches I know. We did it again. Say, how did that happen? Well, you know the dollar of hope you've been given to? And we said, we're not going to tell you what it's going towards. Yeah, it was going towards that. And what we did as a staff, we were, as we were planning a couple months ago this day and talking about the celebration of 10,000, we said it would be pretty awesome to not just give everybody Kona ice and confetti, come on now, but also to attach a cause to the 10,000 souls. So your giving of $10,000 to represent the 10,000 souls that were saved went to 1,636 homes to pay off almost 1.5 million in medical debt, which represents 74 of the 92 counties in Indiana. You did that. So I need you to know some people may be in here, some people you, part, you, you live beside or work with, they're going to be getting a letter this week. All the letters are hitting. And a portion of that letter reads this from you. We are so pleased to inform you that you, are no, long, you no longer owe the balance on the debt referenced above to the above, above provider. We are a nonprofit 501c3 corporation that acquires and then cancels unpaid and unpayable medical debt. This debt has been canceled and abolished with the funds donated by the people of Fuel Church in Kokomo and Westfield, Indiana. They say this, God loves you and so do we. As an act of love, just as Jesus forgave our debt, your debt has been forgiven. Come on, church, celebrate. Thank you, each and every one of you. So proud of each and every one of you. You could give your dollars to a lot of different things, and I know times are tough for some. As a pastor, I'm so proud to pastor this church. I told myself I wouldn't cry, but y'all got me all messed up up here. I just believe it's the heart of God. They may never step foot in here, but they felt the love of God when they get that letter this week. And maybe it'll change their life and help their family situation. And they'll remember God's love through that generosity that Fuel Church gave them. Thank you so much. Our third core value, I'm going to get through it, <laughs> is this. We believe life change happens best in community. Someone say community. You and I weren't meant to do life alone. Oh, the enemy wants to isolate us, especially in this last couple years. He's tried to isolate all of us. Stay in your home. Don't go anywhere. 
<laughs> if you don't believe that COVID-19 was a plan of the enemy, an attack of Satan himself, it's time to wake up. If he can get the church isolated and away from community, then he gets people going back to substances, going back to old lifestyles, and he did a really good job fighting for a lot of you. And we're not done fighting for those who have fallen away. We're calling back those prodigal sons and daughters, and we're seeing them come back every single week, every single week. But we weren't created for isolation. We were created for community. The foundation of every human being is their relational connectivity. A person will only be as healthy as they are relationally. Think about that. You need others to grow spiritually, to find your freedom, to take your next steps. It's all about doing life together. Someone say together. together. Which brings growth and accountability and belonging and most of all, it brings fun. We have fun in church. Church is more about what happens from Monday to Saturday than what happens on Sunday. Because we're in rows here today, and I'm grateful you're here, and that's part of your biblical mandate as a follower, to not forsake the assembling. But I also need you to know that the life change predominantly happens throughout the week when you're in circles meeting with others growing together, talking about your struggles, learning that someone else has the same struggles in their life, in their marriage, with their kids. And you begin to cover each other and pray for each other and you have accountability. And then when life throws you a curveball and you're in the hospital or something happens, guess who shows up? Your small group. Your small group shows up with meals and cards and gifts. I'm not called to do life alone and I implore you I implore you, I step out and implore you and say this, if you can only come to a Sunday or a small group, get in a small group. That's how important it is to, for, as your pastor for spiritual growth to take place. You need to do life with others. You need to do life with others. I know, I know, I know. We live in the most advanced, technologically driven world in the history where we are more connected, watch this, than ever before. We're more connected. A news could break right now and we have it within seconds. We're more connected than ever before, but yet we are disconnected more than ever before. We need community. We need community. I know the world and culture says you shouldn't count on anybody but yourselves to make it through life. Don't buy into this lie. You need others. We need others. We need others. And it's easy to have this attitude, especially within the church. But what if, listen, what if God's vision, what if God's vision for his church was for us to connect? What, what if the church was supposed to be a family? What, what if you weren't supposed to go through life alone? What if real, authentic community can be found in a church family? Because we believe it can. We believe it can. And so today, as you've heard, we're launching our signups for our fall semester of groups, and this is going to be our greatest semester yet. We have so many different groups for you to choose from, from the teenagers all the way to the adults, men's groups, women's groups, marriage groups, recovery groups, so many different groups. Make sure you jump on the website or visit us. We have our team ready to answer any questions to help you find the right fit right in our student center following the service. But I just need you to know this. God wired us for community. Someone say community. 
I'm going to invite a couple to come up, Austin and Charlotte, at this time. And uh, I get the privilege of reading their story here. This beautiful couple and their family. Yeah, let's give it up for them. Love y'all. Just another story of life change that is happening, one of many. I wish I had time just to read them all, but you guys did so well putting this together, and I want to read it here. Here's what they say. Just two years ago, our lives were completely different. We were dealing with stress and the problems of our lives in all the wrong ways. We were drowning in debt, burnt out from our jobs, and felt like we had no purpose with what we were doing in our lives. We remembered thinking there had to be more to life than this. Our happiness consisted of living to work, pay bills, and to have a family vacation here and there that we couldn't even afford. We found that we were losing joy in the little things. We no longer enjoyed holidays, birthdays, music, and life in general. We felt like we needed a change. We searched for a church because we were living our life by our own standards, and it wasn't working for us anymore. We needed to reprioritize some things and felt that knowing God better should be at the top of our list. Trying to be self-sufficient was getting us nowhere but stuck in a rut without satisfaction and peace. We visited Fuel Church because we heard it was a good church. You heard right. We first started watching Facebook Live videos during COVID when the campus was temporarily closed. And then we started attending when the campus reopened. We loved how everyone we met at Fuel genuinely cared about us and that they were focused on making Jesus the center of everything. At first, our intentions were just to go to church sometimes when we felt like it and just give it a try. But God had more in mind for us than we could ever imagine. About a year after attending Fuel, God did a work in our lives that changed us and the way that we now live. His peace has surrounded us and we found our purpose. God led us to this church so that we could be planted. We began to grow in our faith, and it felt, we felt that it was time to attend Next Steps. It was at Next Steps that we discovered the purpose that God has for us. We thought we knew what teams we would be comfortable serving on, but once again, God had other plans. <laughs> when we were in Next Steps, we were feeling a tug to join up with the students and help lead, but we talked ourselves out of it and had full intentions to walk out of that class doing what we thought we would like to do. Then we were approached by leadership to do a first look in students. We loved it, and we've been serving in there ever since. Yeah. God showed us that his plans are not our plans, and he wants to use our gifts of teaching and leading to be able to help impact our very own children by being a part of the village that pours into them each weekend. Our relationship with Jesus has grown stronger as we have been serving on the dream team. When we answered the call to be available to serve others, more opportunities to serve kept coming up. We knew that in order to grow and to use our gifts like God wanted us to, we had to leave all the fear and doubt behind. God can use you when you obey him. Amen. And take those steps of faith by being ready and willing to do whatever he asks. Not long after we took next steps, we started serving on the dream team. We decided to get baptized as a family. 
Getting baptized was an act of obedience to God and to give him the glory for all the work he was doing in us and in every area of our lives. God completely transformed our relationships, our marriage, our family, and our finances. We always struggled financially, and then we decided to let God be our financial advisor. I like that. Our financial advisor. We started tithing even when we didn't know how things were going to work out with all the bills that we had. But God has really shown up in our finances since we have taken the leap of faith to tithe. God delivered us from what seemed to be an impossible situation with a bad investment. Now we have money coming in that we did not expect. We have witnessed firsthand how God can stretch our funds to provide for our needs. We realize that it was not more money that we needed, but better priorities and to put our trust in God. Fully trusting in God and knowing that he is our provider was the step of faith that God was asking us to do with our finances. It is easy for us to be content with what we have. Everything we have comes from the Lord and we can't take it with us. We decided it was now time to make small groups a priority because we value relationships more than money or material things. Wow. We know that there is a life after this life and people will go with us once we are done here on earth. Having that perspective is what motivates us to get to know others, strengthen each other's faith, and to have a support system with people who we can do life with. Allowing God to use us by using the gifts he has blessed us with to help others has transformed our lives. By stepping out of our comfort zones and being generous with our time, talent, and treasures, we, are, we can truly make a difference and impact here on the earth. Following Jesus has literally changed our lives. We love fulfilling our purpose by being faithful servants for Jesus. We love the people that God has put in our lives inside and outside of the church. God has done a great work in us in just one year. We love our pastors and their vision for making heaven a bigger place. And we love all of you. Come on, give it up for Austin and Charlotte. Love y'all. So proud of you. Thank you for sharing. Appreciate it. Wow. They, as you can hear, they just jumped in and went all in. They're like, we're doing all the steps. Come on, somebody. And we always tell you, give us a year of your life, and I guarantee you, God will transform your life. Give us a year of your life and take those spiritual steps, and your life will never be the same. Amen? Well, come on, let's give God one more praise as we celebrate today. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. The good news is I'll be here Thursday and next Sunday. Come on. Bow your heads with me. Let's pray. The most important part of our time together is about to happen. And so unless you need to move for the dream team, I would ask everyone to stay still for just a moment as we're going to invite people to know God today, to put their faith in Jesus Christ. So if you're here today or you're watching online and you find yourself far from God, you find yourself disconnected from that relationship, it would be my honor today to lead you in a very simple prayer, but a very powerful prayer that brings about life change. You're here today and you're searching. 
Maybe you're trying to fill that void in your life with a relationship or with material things or, 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 or your job or, or, or whatever, a substance. I'm here to tell you that you have a God-sized void in your heart that only he can fill that space. And until he comes in and fills that space, you will never be content. You will never find true peace and true joy. But with one prayer of surrender today, you can invite Jesus in to your life. You may also be here and maybe you're a Christian and you've just fallen away from God for whatever reason. The reason really doesn't matter. What matters is today you acknowledge that and you rededicate your life to Jesus today. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we're not here to embarrass you or to make you stand up or call you up front or anything like that. But before we pray with you, I just want to see who I'm praying for today. So all over the auditorium and then watching online, if you're here today and you're ready to commit your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time, or you're ready to rededicate your life, I just want you to slip up your hand real quick. Just slip it up so I could see it and then you could put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the hands. Just leave it up for just a moment. There's a lot, a lot of hands up today. So proud of each and every one of you. If you're watching online, we want to include you in on this prayer. Just raise your hand in the chat. Someone is right there ready to pray with you and to walk with you through this. We're so, so proud of each and every one of you. Let's all say this prayer with them, church. Say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I believe that you are the Son of God, and I believe that you died for my sins Today, I repent of those sins, and I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Somebody rejoice with all the hands up. Come on. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.